0: On this episode of War No Experts, Rebecca and Maddie share with you all the secret hunting spots they know of around Great Falls, Montana. Best in podcast, the best in town. You want to get up, get right here. To get down.
1: Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. And I'm Maricela Hazard. And we're no damn experts. And honestly, you couldn't find a topic
0: that we know less about than the one we're going to talk about today. But I'm really excited to talk about it (laughs) because we have a lot of papers in front of us. So the other day I'm at Sluice Boxes State Park. I'm taking some photos of my friends that are about to have a baby, so really excited for them. And I'm telling them about work because obviously you can't go anywhere in a tourism staff member.
1: Everywhere you go is tourism, so everywhere
0: you go is work. So I have to talk about work, and I'm saying, oh yeah, on the podcast. And my friend Ryan's like, you guys have a podcast? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, and you're on it? I said, yes. He's like, you host it? I'm like, we're co-hosts, my boss and I. Really, and like you're on it, and like, yeah, we have an original um, song, music by a local artist, with a number one <laughs> in Montana, and he's like, what? <laughs> and I said, I-, I think I even talked about you on it when we mentioned outdoor rack and recreating responsibly, like don't go hunting alone and leave your wife so worried that she calls search and rescue, <laughs> like because that's what he did. Yeah. So he tells me that we should do an episode on hunting. And so I come back to the office and I tell Rebecca this story. And Rebecca's like, you know what we should do? (laughs) Have Robert on the podcast.
1: And for those of you who are faithful listeners, Robert is my
0: loving, caring spouse. And we've talked about it before that there's a stunning photo of Robert hunting. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful image. Robert, I've seen the image and I don't know where you are. (laughs) Yet he thinks if someone sees it... They'll know
1: exactly where he's hunting, and then his hunting honey hole will
0: be inundated with human beings. Little does he know that we're going to do an entire podcast episode about (laughs) secret hunting spots. And I have captured every one of them, Robert, and I'm going to share them. Because, do you know, the metadata or whatever the... (laughs) Right, on the photo. Yeah. Don't get him too scared. (laughs) He's going to be like, what? (laughs) So we're going to do a podcast about hunting. And Ryan tells me we should have someone out of Bozeman on it. And I was like, is it about Great Falls? And he's like, oh, man. Yeah, that's a whole stickler. But, I tell, um, but then I tell my husband about it. He's like, oh, that's actually a world-famous hunter, and he, he can be applicable to Great Falls in our area. Like, oh. And it's the guy who does, like, Meat Eater. I don't know his name, though, because I guess he's famous in that market. Okay. So maybe it starts with a Steve. I don't know. But I guess he has his own podcast, a TV show in Montana, and knows hunting. Well, but he's not number one.
1: So maybe it is a good collaboration and he can talk about the hunting areas in the Great Falls area.
0: Yeah. Maybe he doesn't market his podcast as a one about Montana. or It could be. You know, we only have a million listeners that are available <laughs> in available. We do have to branch out of the state
1: every now and again. Yeah. Um, I do have a, I'm going to call him a friend, but I think it's Robert's friend. And I don't even know if they're necessarily friends, but more acquaintances. <laughs> okay. He is a beast when it comes to hunting. And he does a lot of bighorn sheep hunting oh. in the crazy mountains. And I'm not giving anything away when I say that, because if you hunt the crazies, you are a talented hunter. You're crazy. Yeah, the the terrain there is is amazing. But he was published on a publication, front cover, him and his hunt to get this. So I'm pretty sure I could get him as a guest.
0: But also... He's not going to give up the grid?
1: That, and it's not our area. Yeah, it's true. So if you're just new to this podcast, we only talk about Great Falls and we tell our guests when they come on, like we can talk about other communities. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But we're going to brag about them. Because they can start their own podcasts and brag about themselves, we don't need to do it for them.
0: Yeah, we'll let you know about the day trips in the area, like the base camp, which we lovingly call it. So, yeah. um, you know, Yellowstone is a stone throw away if you have a strong arm, and if your arm's a little bit weaker, you can reach Glacier. So, there you go. <laughs> they're both both day trips to the motivated driver, two and a half hours. I mean, come on. The other thing about. You won't
1: see a lot of content on our website, on our Mm -hmm. channel, social channels about hunting, because here's the thing. (laughs) Hunting is usually done a little bit further out of city limits, Mm -hmm. and we do cover the base camp area, but a lot of this is usually done even further out than that in order to get the good hunt and... And here's the other secret. We're just giving away secrets today. The other secret is we can only afford to do this podcast if people stay in hotel rooms in Great Falls. Yeah, if you guys haven't picked up on that. <laughs> That's the thing here. But but most of that hunting then is done a little bit further out and they don't necessarily stay in Great Falls unless they're hunting birds. Birds are a big thing that
0: they hunt. Yeah, you can hunt them in Giant Springs State Park. Right. Like right in town. Like in town. We'll
1: talk about bird hunting all the time. Yeah. Still don't know anything about it, but we'll no, talk about it.
0: No, you hunt them and there's seasons. <laughs> so we did have um an idea about this episode and we start talking, I'm like, Rebecca, no, you're wasting podcast gold. <laughs> and she mentioned something about shed hunting. So let me just intro this portion
1: because in the podcast studio, I brought all my research with me that I did not read. Okay. We're going to thumb through together. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So here's the deal. You want to talk hunting when you come into the office? We got some publications for you now. And when it comes to these publications and hunting in in Montana, in the Great Falls area, you can hunt for migratory birds, upland game birds, spring and fall turkey, Deer, elk, antelope, lion, moose, sheep, goat. Mountain lion specific information. Moose, sheep, and goat specific information. Black bears. Oh. Deer, elk, and antelope. So you can hunt black bear?
0: You can. Well,
1: because... I'm assuming.
0: (laughs) Well, because when we were at sluice boxes on Monday, when we were leaving, there were two gentlemen in camouflage. Could barely see them. It was working, and their four wheeler was camouflage too. Oh, and they had their binoculars out, and they were staring at a hill. And Ryan's saying something about bears. I'm in the back seat, and I'm like, "Is there a bear? Like, I obviously <laughs> need to take a picture or a video." And he's like, "No, they're probably scoping, or you know, looking out for black bears." And I was like, "Huh?" And I want to ask more, and I'm I am curious sometimes, but other times you're just like, "I'm tired." <laughs> So in addition to all these animals you can hunt, and and
1: as I said, black bears, Robert's gotten one. So I'm assuming it was legal. <laughs> he had a tag. Okay.
0: So there we go. It was a, <laughs> a different color and he just put a sharpie on it.
1: <laughs> in addition to all the animals, you can also
0: shed hunt. So shed hunting is a part of our ghost town this is what this is what I would answer it. Someone who knows nothing about it. If, if, Are we back to the blue ribbon yeah. definition? So prior to um I have a different friend, Alex, who told me that they went shed hunting and I thought, based on my knowledge that shed hunting goes along the ghost town premise, premise of like a scenic ride or scenic drive in in Montana where you hit ghost towns and you find old sheds and she's talking about these <laughs> Women that ride on horseback looking for them, and the men are doing this, that, and the other. I'm like, sounds like a great time. I'm not sure you want to look for these sheds. Um, if it's it like some photography, I'm like, okay, yeah. She's she's saying it's a great time. I'm just really getting to be friends with her. So that's what shed hunting is to someone that doesn't know.
1: To someone who does know, it's finding the shedded antler of animals laying on the ground where you would normally hunt them, but animals shed their horns and and so when you are out shed hunting you're looking for the dropped horns from these animals. Why do they drop their
0: horns or shed them? I
1: don't know. Well I think <laughs> it has something to do with like they're like fingernails and hair.
0: But so when, when you see the big, like big bucks and there's like a ten point Yeah. They shed that? Yeah. They just drop it and then grow another one? Uh-huh.
1: Really? And that's why they, you know, you find them rubbing up on trees and stuff and scratching. They'll they'll go into velvet and then okay. they'll, they'll scrape
0: the velvet off. What does that mean when they go into velvet? Because the deer I saw on our lake hike, my husband's like, you can even see the velvet on that. And I'm like, yeah, you can. I know nothing about the life cycle of the horn. No. <laughs>
1: We probably need a wildlife biologist on here. And I do know one, but we're ready into it. So they scratch (laughs)
0: their antler on a tree. So I think
1: it has something to do with the growth stage and then the velvet as part of protecting it while it grows. And then after it's hardened, then the velvet starts to fall off or get scraped off. But Robert was saying the other night, (laughs) I'm sorry, Robert, I asked you to be a guest and you said No. (laughs) We were talking he's like, well, I guess that really would itch. You got all that blood flow going into your antlers while they're growing and then it stops. Oh, it's got to be this massive itch. And that's why you're always tearing stuff up if you're an
0: elk trying to get that itch scratched. So uh, the elk, while it matures, has blood go to the other <laughs> portion. Well, it's got to grow some way. The velvet is the protective coating, and once it's callous and hardened, <laughs> there you go. Look at you being an expert. <laughs> the animal then rubs against the tree. <laughs> so, okay, that I guess that makes sense somewhat because yeah, um, we did watch this one nature show where a bear, well, not a bear, there was a tree that all the bears like scratching on. And they had a vid- They set up a cam, and at least 20 different bears are like, this is my favorite robin scratching <laughs> post. So I wonder if deer and elk and the other shedding animals get do a, the same. Get a favorite post. Maybe. I'm, I'm just, I'm learning so much just from <laughs> us. <laughs> the things we'd be able to come
1: up with on why this happens, I think, are fairly based in good, solid reasoning. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't take this to
0: the bank as something that you (laughs) would say, this is truth. (laughs) Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) So shed hunting, is there a season for that or is it just whenever you want to go? It is kind of whenever you want to go, but there is a huge
1: event out near Augusta every year on the Sun River Game Range. Okay, Where it is a shed hunting experience people will plan to spend the weekend out there because that area is only open for shed hunting like certain times oh so it's like a marathon race and during this time whenever it opens it was this is july ish i think it happened this year again we're not experts so please But it's like a marathon. They'll open the gate to the wildlife management area and people just (laughs) race up the mountain to secure these sheds. And then if you get sheds, you can keep them. But they also have shed buyers then that are there and they're like that's a good shed i'll give you two dollars a pound
0: for it or whatever it is you know I got their lawn chair and their beer can just sitting <laughs> just there watching there you know that's the kind of people watching i want to do because not <laughs> only are we taught since the ability to walk don't run with sharp objects in your hand these people are running in nature with ready has rocks in that, but they're running towards sharp objects like yep, running
1: towards them
0: Okay, and so I'll but, just watch that.
1: But anytime you're out hiking, um, you can shed hunt? Shed hunt. You can find sheds nearly anywhere, you know, that it's, animals roam. It seems like a shat hunt
0: out there because <laughs> they find the, the, what is it, the berries that are mixed into the bear poop. What is it called? Scats. Scats, oh. <laughs> shucks I was
1: close that's, i knew what you were talking um, about I,
0: fi- I find that a lot i'm like well bears were here but i don't see them like up close and personal but ooh.
1: now the other things you can hunt that don't necessarily have a season mm-hmm. gophers
0: oh prairie dogs really you can hunt prairie dogs yeah anytime you want
1: in certain areas
0: like so like not if it's a pers- prairie
1: dog reserve no, no. okay <laughs> Well, and and it's tempting because I'm driven by some. And I'm like, oh, look at all those prairie dogs. And Robert's like, yeah, it's a it's a preserve. And I'm like, oh, that's why they're just standing there looking at me like, hey, you want to take a
0: shot? So do people eat prairie dogs, or are just a game?
1: Yeah, some people do. Just like some people eat squirrels. I'm not a prairie dog eater uh, or a gopher eater. But a lot of it is where I grew up, rodent control, and oh. so it's like. It's like trapping a mouse. Okay. You go out so they won't dig up your uh, grazing fields or cause issues in your wheat fields. And so you eradicate the... Invasive species? Pretty much. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, But no tag required. There has... I've heard stories of people who do like chartered prairie dog or gopher hunts. And I was actually asked at a trade show one time. Hey, do you guys have chartered uh, prairie dog hunts so in th- your area? And I'm like, no, but I do know
0: where there is one. So when um, when Colin was on the podcast this summer and he was talking about the chartered pig hunts, yeah, I was like, those don't exist. <laughs> but I guess they exist not only for pigs, but for every animal.
1: Pretty much. You could get an outfitter or a guide for anyone who wants to make some decent
0: money. Yeah. So we've mentioned this word two or three times. What's a tag? I mean, uh, a tag is a lottery system.
1: It can be. Um, You can buy an over-the-counter tag or you can put in, for the lottery system, idea of a tag. Some species, you don't need to apply to get a tag. Okay. Other species, you do. Like a deer, you can go and get a deer tag over-the-counter, which means you just go buy your License to, to kill to a kill it. License to kill. We have <laughs> and a they stand. just issue those. Um, you still have to pick the area you're going to hunt in. I think most of the time, or maybe some of those tags are all over the area. And if you're a hunter, you might as well just shut this off now because <laughs> <They're> like so <laughs> upset right now. <laughs> or give us a call at 406-761-4436 and tell us let's do another episode. I'll come on and I'll be an expert. You will have to share some secrets of where you hunt.
0: So Christina Horton was listening to our episode, The Keepers of the Buffalo, where we talk about the great buffalo hunt in Great (laughs) Falls. And she said she was yelling at her speakers trying to correct us. And she's like, I was, it was if I was trying to talk to you, but you guys were trying trying to to help us. (laughs) Um, we didn't make too many mistakes on there, so um, no, it happens. But she was a, she was not upset that I plagiarized her book <laughs> on our website. Thank we're gosh. part we're partners, And strong partners. So if I kill a deer, I need to have applied for a tag beforehand.
1: You need to have secured a tag beforehand. Or, yeah. Uh, okay. And so, to be hunting in
0: the correct area. So I'm not sure. Is this a rule in Montana? In Wisconsin? If you hit a deer while driving and the deer dies, you have first dibs on that deer. Yep. If you don't want it, the car behind you has next dibs. Like it's, that's how they go on the order for anyone who wants that piece of meat. So we
1: do have a roadkill tag system, which oh. is what you're talking about. Okay. Um, it's a recent thing. Okay. And I don't know if it goes in order. But I don't know, I think you have to be the one that, that strikes it in order to tag it. I don't think <laughs> you don't think that okay, so I don't think the next car would have the opportunity to
0: tag it. So now I have the horrible question you buy this tag after you kill it.
1: yeah okay because. basically you because if you if you hit it and it dies, it's illegal for you to take it because you didn't take it you don't have the permission to take it so then and so then the meat spoils okay and if you've ever been in that situation montanans people in wyoming north dakota south dakota maybe some of idaho we've all been there and if you're let me also we should have started this disclaimer sooner if you're against eating meat this podcast is not for you no but i'm a meat eater Mm -hmm. and that's we used to so that was our subsistence for most of my life was wild game. Mm-hmm. And so if you hit a deer or an antelope, deer preferably because yeah. antelope isn't as good, but you hit a deer and it dies, you're just standing there devastated because you're wasting all that meat. So, so just recently, the legislature enacted this roadkill tag system. Like you could call Fish, Wildlife and Park and say like, eh, killed this deer. Pretty much they're like, okay,
0: here's your tag. Thank Joe you. Like send it.
1: But now you can call and say, I killed this deer. Can I get a tag? Okay. Uh, but you also, because they have to prevent people from just driving around, hitting You don't want to do that.
0: I mean, you don't want to do As a method of hunting. <laughs> I have a funny story. Okay. I have never gone deer hunting. Well, no, I went once with Mark and this was a decade ago. And I'm supposed to sit there and be quiet, and I'm like on my phone, just like Dude. he's like, "Can you stop it already?" Anyway, was not invited back again. But I've been more successful deer hunting with cars. Yeah, I did hit a buck with an impressive rack, and he did die. I got out of the car to even like make sure he's okay, and I take a picture. I send it to my husband. And he, you know, just the, like everyone's okay. Like you're okay. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, where are you? That's a nice rack. <laughs> and I tell him and he says, oh man, our coworker was almost out the door ready to go get it because it's that nice of a rack. He was just going to cut the head off and, and get it. But I was too far away from him to do it. I, this happened about 7.30 in the morning. On my way back from that router on 6.30 p.m., Someone had done just that. Oh no. Yep, they took it and they claim that they got they're now claiming that rack is theirs. When I did the roadside side you. tag kill. It was mine. It was
1: all your effort, all your damage. So I'm
0: very I'm very curious now about these laws. But we can get back to hunting. This is what I know about. <laughs> so I know about car safety, not like the lottery. So there are lotteries for the other species though, right?
1: Yeah. The so the whole premise behind hunting is conservation and development of these herds Mm -hmm. and maintenance of these herds in montana i personally am waging war against some of the urban deer that are destroying my flowers and it's irritating and so there comes a point when the the animal population's shouldn't be interacting as much as they are in the urban areas. And Mm -hmm. so there's some control issues and that's what Fishwell Life and Parks does here in the state of Montana. And so for the species that they need more control over, not as many, they have a lottery system where you apply to get a tag and Mm -hmm. they issue only so many tags per area. Okay. Based on those resident populations of those animals in those areas. So if they're plentiful, (laughs) like deer, get whatever you want, (laughs) just get the tag beforehand, and then that helps with the conservation efforts. But if it's elk, they only allow so many to be shot, like in the Little Belt Mountains versus the Rocky Mountains versus the mountains down in the Dillon area. So each area has different limits and you apply to get them. Sometimes you're successful, sometimes you're not.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard that like some people wait their entire lives for these types of tags.
1: Yeah. A moose tag um, is pretty sought after. It's one that I don't think a lot of people get. Um, my husband has yet to ever get one, even though he applies all the time. But Craig, man. Well, that was it. That was what's so impressive is Craig had one, and he knew the value of it because they don't hand them out like deer tags. Yeah. Okay. And then same with like sheep and goat. And here's where I'm going to just show my ignorance. I don't know necessarily what... Oh, I do know the difference between a sheep and a goat. Sorry. Sheep have the curly horns and goats just have the pointy horns. There you go. And goats faint. (laughs) (laughs) They're found in similar areas. Yeah. (laughs) But those are hard tags to get as well because there's not as many of those hanging around. Okay. Um... And you can't hunt grizzly bears.
0: No, I know that part. I wouldn't want to. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I anything. don't want to be anywhere close. So the unless I'm with other
1: people who run slow,
0: <laughs> that's the only way. But we've already we've read the National Park Service um, blog about safety by grizzly bears. I think it's like thirteen steps. And whoever's writing this, please meet me. I'm almost as funny as you. They're talking about, like, even if you have a friend that you really don't like that much anymore and you want to outrun them. Like Even then they mention this friend later on Eight Steps. You've, you've you know, you've moved past this relationship and you've outran them and you're trying to climb a tree. When's the last time you climbed a tree? Right. Do you really think and, you're going to beat a bear? Climbing a tree scared. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not doing that. So do I need tags for birds or just need a pla- or do I just need to have a hunting license? I don't know. Yeah, neither does my husband. So um, <laughs> they got some ducks. You know who would know? People at Shields.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's our plug for one of our amazing partners. Yeah, when you go into Shields, they have those huge tall windows and the wildlife, the taxidermied wildlife there and the type. Yeah, it's... It's awesome to see it. Yeah, um, my daughter likes no. seeing it. And then at the Fish and Wildlife um, Office, oh, right yeah. across from Giant Springs State Park. Yep, their entire area you can walk through, and there's animals all around
1: that. And you can walk into the office, and they have actual experts on on, on <laughs> applying for things and what you're supposed to do. I picked up a bunch of resources when i that was where our books came from. Okay, all the research that I'm not going to read about.
0: There are places throughout town that will direct people to us for example if someone wants to know how to how to find the falls and the map's just not doing it for them they have a lot of questions so like you know what how about you go down to great falls montana tourism they're the experts on that we get some questions where we're like "Mm, you're gonna need to go to this office (laughs) and call her she'll help you out because these regulations i don't want to tell someone wrong and they're you see how thick this book is. It's very fine print. There's a lot of details.
1: Then they're gonna I mean, be- I even know... I know stuff, but not an expert. You have tags that you can get that are either sex up until a point, and then after that date, then they're only for girls or
0: only for boys? I don't know how you get that. I Okay, <laughs> and... I and don't. then I don't even know when the hunting season starts because there's the bow season first, right? Yeah, You bow season started. Okay, yeah, well, I know. Yeah, bow season—they're up and running with their cat I think and sevirdine. That starts to begin in October or September, September. Begin,
1: beginning of September. Okay, and then you have a uh, rifle season that starts, and there's an overlap for hunting for bow and rifle season. So, like, your your bow season doesn't end when rifle season starts. Oh. So, you can still bow hunt and you get rifle hunters, which is probably why I don't hunt here, first and foremost. You could be out rifle hunting. You're wearing orange because it's required of you. Okay. But you could be you. I'm out hunting rifle. You're out hunting bow. And you're all in your camo. And no orange because you're not required.
0: So I'm hunting someone with a rifle and you're hunting someone with a bow. You're
1: <laughs> you're hunting with a bow. I'm hunting with a rifle. So, that's why so those we guys could be in the all... same area. I'm an orange. You are not. I wouldn't want to be a what bow. What if I don't find you while you're hunting your animal? Camouflage works a lot of the time. And that's the problem.
0: I don't want to accidentally stumble upon someone hunting an elk so why don't bow hunters have to wear orange like why wouldn't they want to (laughs) well
1: because you have to be so much closer if you're shooting a bow than you do a rifle Katniss Everdeen doesn't
0: she shot the dome well she brought down the hunger games (laughs) that's not an animal though She had
1: to get pretty close to get her birds. Okay. Yeah, she did. Okay. okay. So you're at like 20 to maybe 50 yards and from then, these animals and you can't, they can smell you. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about. So okay, you can't ahead. be an orange. They're going to spot you and they're like, oh, there's that bow hunter. And it's a more challenging hunt. I think that's why you don't have to wear orange if you're a bow hunter.
0: So the outfits, that's the only thing I know.
1: Oh, I have a really good one.
0: So you have to wear camouflage orange that's going to clash with your complexion your nails probably hairstyle and i I hope you don't have the eyeliner to match (laughs) and then your perfume is piss or excuse (laughs) me i'm sorry (laughs) is deer urine that's the correct term but you're supposed to like just it's just it doesn't make sense to me the whole experience and You got to get up like
1: at two o'clock in the morning and then so you can crawl through the fields and the swamp to get to the right spot and then be cold. Right. Because, I mean, all of this. Now, I also went hunting one time with my loving spouse. I love to hike. And really, hunting is a lot of hiking. Mm -hmm. So he says. So I get myself cute little camo outfit, of course, great pants, comfortable shirt. Like I'm ready for, I'm having a great time. Yeah. The dog is with us. We've got, we had a yellow lab and we're out and we're hunting. Okay. And the dog and I are having a great time.
0: <laughs> and Robert's not. We're
1: taking pictures. Robert's in the lead. I'm seeing great scenery, great locations, taking pictures of the dog taking pictures of myself with the dog you can hardly see me like yeah, I'm cool in the camel. I'm, yeah. And my husband turns back to me and he's like, "Can you stop breathing so loud?" And I'm
0: like, "Um, I have to I have to breathe <laughs> and my heart rate's elevated from hiking." Like, "Come on, Rob." <laughs> so, that was the one
1: and only amazing time that I got to go hunting with Robert in that capacity. We did try to go rifle hunting one time for deer. Also, learned a very important thing about our marriage we don't hunt
0: together so we have a beautiful photo of my friend ryan hunting in the little belts and it's in winter my husband took it and he said that he's layered up when he tells me i was sweating while like hiking this but as soon as we stopped my hat froze to my head because the it's it's Cold. cold out there but they're in their layers of outfits And to me, I'm really glad that people like to do this. And it's something that gets them out and they enjoy nature. And I hear about the thrill of the hunt and when you actually get one. And then not only did you fill your tag, if that's the terminology, say with a rifle, but as Craig was saying, a rifle shots a dinner bell for a bear. So the adrenaline doesn't end there. You then have to figure out how you're going to dress and pack this animal out as quickly as possible so this is my other plug for safety just because i've been on the helping friend side before you go hunting you should tell someone where you're going exactly maybe go with someone and have the equipment to do so because there are those little tracking um, gps ones that will send your location My friend goes out hunting alone, tells his wife he'll be home by 4.30. They're going to finish making a shelf, have a Caesar salad for dinner, and then FaceTime their family in Ohio. He doesn't come home at 4.30. She calls me panicked, and I'm not trying to make her seem hysterical or anything, but they're both young, and this is his first time hunting, so he's never gotten anything before. I was like, call Mark. He'll say that he got a deer. He's just walking out. It's taking longer. I go over there. She's like, "Why?" Well, I called the police. Search and rescue's out there. Search and rescue's like, would he be frequently like bars? Like, is he not hunting? Is he bar hopping? She's like, no. Sure enough, this guy calls as happy as a clam at 830 at night. I got one. And, and she's all mad at him. Like, I was worried. And you didn't tell me. And I called the police. And they're looking for you. And he's like, you did what? And Maddie's over here. And he's like, thank Maddie. And she's like, you can thank her yourself. So she gives me the phone. I'm like, how big is it? Oh, it's a good one. I'm like, you know, you can't hang that rack inside this house. (laughs) Like, she's going to be haunted. But sure enough, I go in their house. That rack's up there. Oh, yeah. So I guess they move past. Yeah, yeah. They're young.
1: Now, um, I was listening to a conversation between other people um, talking about Montana etiquette. Okay, this might be etiquette in other communities, other states. I'm not sure, but I am going to tell you this. If you harvest an animal mm-hmm. and someone comes to help you, it is customary that you not only buy them drinks, but dinner for helping. And so, <laughs> Robert is often like called because um, he's gotten cell service. He's like, "I got my elk down. I'm, you know, getting everybody up here for <laughs> harvest to come help me haul it out." Uh, just letting you know, we're gonna be super late tonight and depending on how many people show up is going to be a big bill at the bar i'm like nope that's expected like that's if people are going to leave their home to come help you drag your animal out of the mountains or the plains wherever you get them you treat them well because that's a
0: lot of labor so much work it's like the people that move help you move It's supposed to be on, like, unlimited pizza and some beers. Like, (laughs) I shall not be hungry this day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I... And you don't critique where they put the
0: boxes. No, you're like, (laughs) everything's fine. Thank you again. If you have any input on where to hunt in the Great Falls area and you want to give not exact GPS or lat-longs for it, we just want a general idea And then what to expect, like time-wise, for getting to an area, some tips and pointers that can be generally specific to our area. So you can email me at information at visitgreatfalls.org or give me a call 406- 761-4436 and maybe we can even use an auto tune for your voice so your friends don't know that you're just (laughs) like we won't even use your real name no just just give us an inkling because we do have people that visit here for hunting though it's not as popular as scenic drives or hiking but we had a one gentleman call me saying i'm hunting here and i need to bring my wife back a gift a jewelry. Where can I get local jewelry or maybe art? So I mm. I recommended him to many of our fine partners here. But, hey, he needed to bring something home, even if it wasn't right. like pounds and pounds of meat. Because hopefully he didn't just leave his wife for a weekend. <laughs>
1: and you're never going to be successful all the time. No. It's the thing you learn with hunting. And as we start to wrap up, I'm just going to give you another teaser. You can even hunt Bigfoot in this area, and we may do a whole episode on that, but they actually issue licenses for this uh, specific small window
0: of time. But I hope I've piqued your interest. You you have. <laughs> I mean, I know Matt and Jolene mentioned it. Yeah. But I didn't know they had a. Oh. Yeah. That's a different episode. Oh. <laughs> So thank you for listening. You can get all the information about hunting, not from us, um, but from our friends at the Fish and Wildlife and Parks. Yep, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Uh, We're going to link some of their information on our website, which is warnodamexperts.com. So until
1: we see your bright, smiling, happy shining face here in great falls um no we have no um information on hunting at all we still hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, look forward to seeing you soon in great falls montana bye
0: we are no damn experts as the recorded claims from great falls montana covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town On the next episode, Rebecca and Maddie prepare to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Warno Dam Experts. Warno Dam Experts is produced by Great Falls Montana Tourism with original music by the best damn musician, Joel Corda.